Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back once again, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander DeSopolis and Nicholas Snacks Kreider. If you don't like a DJ Airhorn sound effect, that is so cool. Hit up our intern, Dirk, and just talk to him about it or come talk to us about it on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore. This may be one of the craziest weeks in sports we've had in a long time. We were going through the pre-show run on the couch uh, in the green room, so to speak, and we were coming up with topic after topic to jump right into. We'll start in the good. Braves win the World Series for the first time since 95. Um, this was the team of destiny, destiny, it seemed. And Nick, I texted you immediately and was like, this is what the Padres kind of need to do. And it's a full on mental makeup type thing where they buy in because it seems like this Braves team after the Acuna injury, they add those four outfielders and keep in mind Soroka, who's quote unquote, their ace doesn't go all year. Mm -hmm. And this team buys in complete mental shift they take the NL East, which by and large we will say was very disappointing because if you go by the records, the, it's not like the Braves had like a top three record in the NL. They just didn't. Uh, by and large, it's disappointing, but the Braves get in there and they take care of business. Guys stepped up. Uh, Freed, who had, was up and down throughout the playoffs, was absolutely phenomenal in game six. And back-to-back times, and it, it kind of glosses over throughout the entirety of Atlanta sports, I feel like back in the day, or even recently, like the Dodgers last year, the Braves were up 3-1. They gave up that lead to the Dodgers. This year, they were up 3-1. They lose to the Dodgers. going, And then they're like, okay, here we go again. It's game six. They're going to blow this, but they take care of business. They're up 3-1 against the Astros. Lose game five. They go back to Houston. Oh, no. If Houston wins, we go to a game seven. And now it's a deadly situation. Right. It's a must win. Must win but they took care of business. So it's a complete mental shift. And I don't think the Padres are that far off. I just think, honestly, it's a situation where Snell has to accept the fact that he's going to be there for a bit of time. FTJ, hopefully he wins the MVP and he can move past the solo awards and understand that there's something bigger in baseball than personal statistics. And he's a young guy, so that has to happen. Um, It it takes time. But this team just full-on bought in. And that, like, there's no other way of and like, guys stepped up. And guys yeah. stepped up, but like, there's no yeah. The guys 100 percent stepped up, but it was a mentality thing. Freeman was off to a rocky start, and he put it together. Um, Freed was off to an extremely rocky start, and he put it together. Uh, Anderson, who looks like a vet, seems like a vet because he's been in the playoffs before. He's a young guy, he's a rookie, so he steps up and puts it together. I mean, a lot of these guys stepped up, and the club, it's a clubhouse thing in baseball. And when it rains and pours, when it rains it pours, in my opinion, like it's. And the whole narrative of baseball this year, honestly, it was one of the best years of baseball coming off of a COVID year, which was completely terrible. You have the Red Sox, obviously a big market team, who are good again when people thought they weren't supposed to be, but they weren't good because they bought their way there. They were good because they're homegrown players, and they make that move for Schwarber. 
Um, the Brewers do it the right way. The Giants are a revelation, and they had that rivalry with the Dodgers. Padres, for most of the season, are good. Unfortunately, they fall off. The Astros take care of business. The White Sox are back, keeping Chicago baseball alive, though the Cubs are down. And then, obviously, the Yankees are still competitive. They make the playoffs. Um, so it's a great season for baseball, a great bounce-back season. Uh, but I think it's – I'm curious to see if the Braves can run it back now that the dust has settled in the NL East, the Washington Nationals and the Miami Marlins won't be good for a long time. I just never, I can't, I can't put my faith in the Phillies. They always fall apart in some capacity, or or fail to meet expectations. And the Mets, I would actually put in the fall apart basket because year after year, we're like, okay, this is the year where it happens for them, and it just doesn't. They don't have a manager yet, so no, we got to figure that part out. Yeah. Uh, to the Braves' point, a lot of people were saying, I can't believe they got this job done without Acuna after that injury. But you can argue that this season doesn't happen without that injury. I mean, no, you never want to see guys get hurt, but they, they wouldn't add Jock Peterson and and Rosario and Soler, who was their MVP, and and Duvall, who led all of the NL in, in RBIs. I mean, those were the unsung heroes of this playoff, mm-hmm. right? So kudos to all of them, but you're completely right. It's a mental thing, right? They all bought into to you know what what was in front of them they all had um the eye on their prize and everyone had the same mindset and they all respected their manager and snicker who gets his first world series which is awesome to see a guy who's been with the organization for a very very long time mentored by bobby cox yep since the early 80s which is great and there's a lot of um you know just good juju around this and this is a great story and and just it's so heartwarming this is the year that hank aaron passes right. on as well I mean, so this is just such a, a storybook moment for this atlanta franchise this atlanta sports fan base right that right. has been so prone to giving up leads right you look oh at the falcons God. you know you look at you look at the hawks you look at the braves you know yeah. you look at all these teams georgia georgia college football you, playoff exactly yeah, i mean it. it's literally Time and time again, finally, seems like they break this skid or this so so and so curse, right? right. That, that has been happening with Atlanta sports. So it would be nuts to see them win the World Series and to see the Georgia Bulldogs uh, get a national championship this year as well. It'd be awesome for the state of Georgia. I think it's going to happen though, because look at like Tampa, the Bucks win, Lightning win, like the the Boston title town. I, I'm in sports. It just informs the culture of the city. Yeah, I mean the the energy just spreads all across the board like it just mm-hmm. everyone feels it right? yeah the players start to feel it you know that and this is a the, talk about the georgia bulldogs a little bit this is a team that has the personnel to back those you know the, the people criticizing them if they don't get it done yeah this is a team that's going to step up they already have that yeah. defense is unbelievable it's one of the best i mean we've been saying it time and time again i think this is the best team that kirby smart has had right on paper and i mean they're really really putting together and just dominating teams. And before we get into college football, I'm sure we will talk about this a lot. Um, to your point about the Padres buying in, um, I believe that that is the biggest thing because they have all the talent in the world. They finally go out and get a guy who's an established leader in a clubhouse, a manager that has been with an organization for a long time, and Bob Melvin. I think this is a great hire. Everyone was surprised by it, but sometimes a surprising move is the good move, right? And I think a lot of people respect him in the League of Baseball, and I think the players are really excited to get behind him. He's dealt with young superstars before. He had Donaldson back in the day. He's had Chapman. He's had Olsen. You know, he, he's had these guys, you know, early on in their careers. He's a legit manager. He's a legit manager who's oh, yeah. been to the postseason more times than the Padres have. Because the Oakland A's is the ultimate next man up organization. Exactly. Exactly. So having a guy like that 
um, you know, that'll get his players to buy in. It's definitely something that's huge because there's no shortage of talent there. Yes, there's going to be some retooling going on this offseason. We know it's inevitable. That's just A.J. Prello, the general manager. That's how he operates. But at the end of the day, the core guys are staying together, and it's it's really just what's going to be happening between the years, right? Like yeah. getting all these guys to be on the same page and go after the same exact prize and, and have the same, you know, um, sights of what they want can't just be individual like you said with FTJ so um, it, it's got to be an, an all buy-in and a, the entire and team less margin for error I mean one thing you can say about the Braves this season they played they played their division right and they were in the mix they were under 500 going into the all-star in break. July right they had like a point three percent point oh three point oh three percent chance of winning the World Series and if that team was in the NL Central or in the NL West they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Right. So you just you have to play your division, and unfortunately, Padres are still in a division with the Giants and the Dodgers, which means you bring in the manager who can be there consistently for your team, who can start mm-hmm. off the season on the right foot. Right. Because you don't, you don't have time to mess around. You don't have time really to find your footing. You have to be ready, prepared to play and to win as soon as you get into that division. Exactly. And, and Bob Melvin coaches a team in Oakland that time and time again was in the AL West going up against Houston right. and sometimes the good Mariners teams as well. So he's used to that type of well, division, Rangers right? teams that were good. I mean, exactly. there's always another dog in the fight in the exactly. AL West. And I do believe that the Giants take a step back. You know, we just heard that Buster Posey is announcing his retirement. Well, what regression a to the mean a little bit. They were right. Um, they were absurd. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Gosman's a free agent. Um, Gosman's a free agent. Chris Bryant's free agent we'll see if he resigns there i mean a lot of guys they still have a lot of money tied up too in some of their older vets like longoria right. Cueto. um so we'll see what happens there dodgers are the dodgers they're gonna keep on doing their same thing and they're gonna retool i know they're probably gonna lose seager we'll see if they retain scherzer but it's gonna be interesting i mean we were i mean i'm excited for the off season just as much as i was for the regular season because i'm excited to see what aj peller decides to do uh, we got GM meetings in a, in, in a week, and then we've got winter meetings in a few more weeks, and we'll see what happens. The team could look a lot different. Wow. The whole, everyone's going to It's a big landscape change because Seager's not going to go back to the Dodgers. No. It's the Trey Turner trade. Then you got Correa, who is, I would say, 50-50. I can't get a read. And he's probably the number one for agent in all baseball right now, so Which, we'll see where he goes. Would you pay 300 We've discussed this, I feel like, because I know because he gets hurt. Right. Right. Same with, even worse with Seager. So it's going to be a very interesting offseason, but... I'm very pumped that the Braves got it done. Long time coming. They're always, I mean, for as long as we've been watching baseball, we were born in 94, 95 is the last time they won when we were literally born. Right. And they've been in the mix every, almost every single season since, except for like, you know, like a speed bump here and right. there. And they've never been able to get it done. But it, when, it, when it rains, and keep in mind, like Dansby Swanson grew up in Georgia. Right. A lot of these Georgia Bulldog players grew up in Georgia. But that's what I was talking about, guys stepping up. Yeah. Right. That's, I mean, Josh, you, you kind of, when we were watching an early game in the World Series, you were like, we're talking about these players after the series, no matter what happens. We're like, he's a little expendable. And now, he's not. Yeah, I mean, guys Because he always, stepped up. Because yeah. he stepped up. I mean, I always love seeing homegrown guys, guys who are local, right. play for their team that they grew up watching and then getting stuff done and, and winning. You look at Joe Musgrove, first Padres no-hitter from San Diego. Yeah. Right? Like, there's just an extra added mental state that goes into your mind when you're playing for the team that right. you grew up it's watching. You never have that question mark of, hey, do they do they care? Right. Because you know they do. It's all they've ever wanted. Of course. Exactly. S- scripted. 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 Uh, speaking of scripted, it seems like college football playoffs have been scripted once again. Breakdown as such. 
Brought to you by Sided. We Brought to you by Sided. We have a big debate here. Big debate here. Do you even agree with what's going on here? Because from the jump, you got Georgia at one. You got Bama at two. Michigan State at three. Oregon at four. Ohio State at five. And Cincy at six. That's like the big six. And keep, keep in mind, Alabama one loss. Oregon one loss. Mm-hmm. Ohio State one loss. And Cincinnati's still undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. And you got OU at the eight spot. Undefeated. Undefeated right there. Wake Forest as well undefeated in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Wake Here, Forest, they're nine. Here's the thing. The argument that is always made is, okay, the Power Five conference teams always get a better look, right? But look at Wake Forest and look at OU. Those guys are left out right now, and they're undefeated. What else more do you have to do? It's really unfortunate for Cincinnati, who went out and beat a really good Notre Dame team, who's also in this discussion as well. Mm-hmm. What are they sitting at right now? Ten. ten. They're sitting at ten. Exactly. And they beat them. So it's really frustrating to see, and I think it's a joke, a complete joke. I mean, let's just let's just say Michigan State ends up going undefeated. They win their conference. Let's say Won't Georgia happen, yeah. goes to the conference championship, and let's just say that they lose to Alabama, and Oregon wins as well. So that's the top four. That doesn't change, I feel like, right? And let's Correct. just also say that Cincinnati remains undefeated, and same thing with OU. That is blasphemous that those two one-loss teams get in before these undefeated teams, in my opinion. It's almost like saying, you know what, sorry, Cincinnati, you should have played better in 1955. Um, just, it, if you really wanted to, to make this college football playoff, then maybe your history should have been better. No, it's not how it is. It's the team now. Yeah. What this team has done this year, and they have been really impressive this year. And it's really frustrating, and it's frustrating on many levels as well. The college ball rankings also have a 5-3 a and three Wisconsin team and a 5-3 and three Mississippi State team, but they leave out an undefeated UTSA, who is ranked 16 in the AP. Right. That's and the you were whole saying, kicker, yeah. Well, what's the kicker here with UTSA and Mississippi State? Because Mississippi State loses to Memphis, and UTSA beats Memphis. Right. And that's the common opponent. Mississippi and State, who is number 17 in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. I mean, clear as day, they're giving the ACC the nod. That's blatant. And we all know that. And we were aware that's going to happen as egregious as it came out to be. I don't think so. And that's why we're fired up. I just don't. Well, it's blatant to me that, I mean, Pac-12, I'm just confused. Because Pac-12 is just not represented, honestly. I'm quick glancing outside of Oregon, but they're at number four. So they don't respect the Pac-12, and I don't even think anyone's really qualified outside of Oregon to even be in this conversation. Um, but yet they give Oregon the four spot, but Oregon because they beat Because they beat Ohio State. They beat Ohio State early on with a young QB before they've implemented Trevion Henderson. So are you really giving the eye test? Because this Ohio State team is, is way better than it was when they played Oregon. And this Oregon team lost to a Stanford team, which is not that good. Cincinnati is just I, – I, I don't know how they're going to get in at this point because Ohio State's ahead of them. So as long as one of Ohio State and Michigan State wins out, they're going in. They're not, Cincinnati's not going to do anything to jump them because Ohio State still plays Michigan State and Michigan, and they play the Big Ten Championship. So they'll play minimum like three more ranked opponents, and two of which are in the top ten. So that spells trouble for Cincinnati. Then you got – ACC, no love given. No love, but then you have NC State in the mix and Pittsburgh at the back end, and then you have OU well, at just, eight. I'm just, I don't understand. Like, wait, it's just blatant eye test. It feels like a little backwards for the ACC because when Clemson is undefeated, we are understanding that they have a pretty easy road, but we're not discrediting their talent. Right. And I don't know if this Wake Forest team is going to remain undefeated for the rest of the season, but at this point they are, and it's just... 
it's a prestige disrespect, basically. That's why they're at nine. That's yeah. the only thing well, that there is to it. Goes back to my point with just what I just said about Cincinnati, right? They should have played better in the fifties and sixties if they right. wanted to be Literally. in the college football playoff, right? It's a prestige thing. Because yeah. this is the highest that Wake Force has ever been. This is their mm-hmm. first time they're eight and zero in their well, season, right? And yeah. It's really too bad that Clemson has really been crappy this entire season, right? Brutal. Because they still play each other this season. Yeah. And if Clemson is a decent team and Wake Forest beats them. They beat a ranked Clemson. Yeah. In the top twenty, then they could jump a couple of teams. <laughs> well it looks like they, it looks it looks like the college football playoff they would rank them higher than Cincinnati because they're just there. I don't dude they they play UNC though. They play no NC State which is ranked. I mean right. Wake Forest has a lot and then they play BC which is not a bad team in in Boston College. Yeah. They they have a lot to dance with here. I just but to devil's advocate myself, like okay, they're not they're judging the Ohio State team on the team they are today versus which is why they're at the five, then why aren't you judging that OU team like that? I don't know. I, we we all collectively hate well, Oklahoma. I, I but think this, that this OU team with Caleb Williams is a new team. They are a new team. You go look at their record. They have not lost a game. They have beaten some opponents that were ranked who now have fallen off, our school, Texas included. And none of them, signature wins, yes. But dominant wins, no. Mm-mm. They play Baylor, who's a top fifteen team in the in the AP poll. Now we have to clarify which which ranking system we're going by when they're head to head. So this should be a key signature win for this team going forward. I would look to the Sooners to jump up a couple of spots here. And that's why I think the Wake Forest issue is is because they barely beat Louisville, they barely beat Syracuse, right. and they gave up fifty six points to Army. Yeah, they scored seventy. But they, <laughs> they, but they gave up fifty six. No, but I, I mean, it does make you blink twice a little bit when you see wins a win though. Yeah. Three undefeated teams who are at six, eight, and nine, and like Nick said, you've got three one loss teams at two, four, and five. We, yeah, we just got. Well, I here's let me know if you the can. only reason why Oregon is four is because they beat Ohio State. Otherwise, Ohio State would be in the four slot. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't played each other the first game of the season. Second, yeah. Second, whatever. Yeah. yeah, early in the season, non-conference, that that would be the case. What's really interesting, and I and I completely, I I do think that when you lose does matter, but at this okay. point, because Alabama yeah, totally. is the number two seed, I even think that if they lose to Georgia in a close game in the SEC championship, that they might not fall out of the top four, and we could see a two-loss Alabama team. I I think it's a, I think it's a possibility. Which is why, yes, which is why I think the most important game of the season. Might be the Iron Bowl, the the Auburn Alabama game. That might end up. That's like because like crazy that things could, have happened in that game. That's for sure. Because oh my god, it's one of the craziest. First of all, it's an amazing game. Second oh, of all, I'm looking up where it is right now because if it's at Auburn or at you know uh, Tuscaloosa, it's at it's at Auburn. This Auburn team is not great, but they're good enough to make. Uh, look, if A and M could do it, the and they college ball playoff thinks committee thinks that they're pretty great at 13 right now. <laughs> Sure, that's right. very true. That One ranking pretty, higher than A and M, who beat great. Alabama. So and they yeah. play this week, Auburn and A and M. So look, well, I th- I think a lot of it though is they're setting up matchups. They know it's not going to last. They want the three it's, versus five, Michigan State, Ohio State. It's just still ridiculous because like, what is the AP poll for? What is the coaches poll for? If right. this is going to be the case, honestly, you know what they really should do is they should make the committee have their voting or, or whatever they do or, or however they, they delegate this or however they talk about this, they make it public. Right. We, we, I want to see what goes into them making these rankings and I want to see these conversations, right? Because you want to see like released or Or what's video? wrong with, yeah. you know what? I think we're, we're way less reactionary and incendiary about 
this rankings getting released if we see them more frequently if we see them earlier in the season and we right. understand how they're looking at these teams throughout the season exactly if alabama was two for the last three weeks and the college football playoff rankings were out maybe we wouldn't care as much I'm right try, yeah but all we have to go off of is mainly the ap poll what's showing up as a number next to a team and they're playing on national television right exactly I don't yeah. know. What I, I, I'm trying to like make sense of like w- how they went about this. And my only logical answer is they really just went about the eye test. Right. And here's the other thing: what's the point of doing 25 teams if they're going to do it? Right. I mean, there's only four teams that really make it. I understand like a top 10 or like maybe a top 12, right? Because those are the teams that can like could actually conceivably make it. But like, it's just so disrespectful to some of these teams. Yeah, like that would UTSA, be can you, right? can you imagine if you were five plus? How ominous that would be if they only released four schools and you were like where. Where are we? Are, we, are we five? Are we ten? Yeah. Are we seven? Where what the heck's going on here? Are we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 pretty ridiculous. But go decided. You know, check check out our debate we'll and um, you know tell us what you think about this cultural committee. Um, if you want right. to see them go public, let's do that. If you I wanna, love that, Nick. That's, you a, wanna, that's a great idea, dude. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. I would love to. See, on a light note in college football, before we wrap up our first segment, I would love to see Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State win the Heisman because I just feel like it never happens. It just I feel like that's a school that doesn't get Michigan that. State running back. Kenneth Walker. Yeah. No, I nice. I think it'd be cool. Be cool. All right. Well that's our first segment. Joshua Fish along with Nicholas Snacks Kreider and Alexander Tosmiraktisopoulos with a charity stripe. See ya in a bit. We will be right back with the charity stripe on the all new Mightier ten ninety AM SoCal Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.